Welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the role and the life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick. And we're your hosts today. We will be talking today about the church and the state. How can we create space for meaningful interaction? How should the church call governing leaders to accountability? And how can we do this fruitfully? These are some of the questions that we will explore today with our guest, the Reverend Dr. Karen Hamilton, General Secretary of the Canadian Council of Churches. The scriptures contain several examples of how God's people were challenged and how they acted courageously to achieve a greater good. The challenge to speak out that faced Esther in the Old Testament continues to challenge the church today. Queen Esther, who has kept her Jewish identity secret from her husband the king, learns from her cousin Mordecai that a royal decree has been issued to exterminate the Jews across King Xerxes' entire kingdom. Mordecai sends her this plea found in Esther 4.14. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. Today we've asked Reverend Dr. Karen Hamilton to help us explore the tensions between the church and the state. Karen is the General Secretary of the Canadian Council of Churches. Welcome here, Karen. Oh, thank you, Janet and Dan. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. Karen, from a biblical perspective, how would you describe an appropriate relationship between church and state in today's society? Well, I'd actually say, Dan, that it's the same or should be the same as it's always been. If you read through the scriptures, you read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you constantly see figures of faith engaging with the state. Isaiah is a wondrous example. I could use many, but Isaiah has the ear of the king. Not that the king always agrees with him or does what he says, but Isaiah can in fact speak to the king and arrange to meet with the king and talk to him about justice. Our role of engaging with political leadership has always been an imperative, and it's an imperative now. You use the word engage. Can you give us some practical examples of what that might mean today? Absolutely. Some of the work that the Canadian Council of Churches is doing is engaging with, uh, engaging the faith communities, engaging the Christian community across the country with the current, whoever the current government is of, of, uh, of this nation. You could look at the Canadian Council of Churches website uh, for those who are, are really keen to see some specifics. But we often, has, as churches, have written letters to our political leaders on issues that matter deeply. A, a recent one was around child poverty. This is, of course, uh, a deep scandal for our country, for any country, that so many of our children live in poverty and go hungry. And all of the member denominations of the Canadian Council of Churches signed a letter speaking to the government to say a national poverty reduction strategy must be put in place. So there's just but one, a crucial one, but one example. In the Esther text that Dan read earlier, Mordecai warns that Esther's silence could mean that relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. That sounds kind of serious. How can we interpret this for the silence of Christians today? It is. It's a difficult text indeed. And on a side note, I would say scripture is always difficult. And if we are finding it too easy to understand, we've probably missed the point. But that one is particularly difficult. And when I'm working with that text, I tend to work with it from the perspective of uh, encouraging Christians not to be silent. Esther has the opportunity to speak out for life and to save life. But 
it takes great courage, great great creativity on her part, and great risk. And as Christians, when we speak out, when we resist the temptation to be silent, it's not it's not necessarily an easy thing at all. It may require of us opening ourselves to scorn and ridicule. Uh, straining to the very limits of our creativity, engaging with others in partnerships that might not uh, be our, our, uh, our first choice or partnerships that come easily. But to be silent, it's not, it's not an option for us as Christians. Jesus is very clear, Matthew 25, the examples go on and on. Luke 4, another scriptural example where we are quite clearly informed that the imperative is to speak out for justice, to speak out for life, and to act for justice and life. So there's a strong biblical call to seek justice. All too often in this day and age, these pleas seem to fall on deaf ears. What can and should the church be doing to more effectively influence our elected leaders and hold them accountable? Well, I'm the General Secretary of the Canadian Council of Churches, so one of the first things I'm going to say is that we need to do it together. In the Canadian Council of Churches, we gather 22 member denominations representing in their constituencies approximately 85% of the Christians in the country, so millions and millions of people. Speaking together is very effective. It carries, carries the weight of those millions and millions. We also, however, need to be informed. It is not enough, perhaps it should be, but it isn't, to simply call for an end to, for instance, child poverty. We have to know the facts, we have to know the figures, we have to propose possible strategies and solutions, and also, and also, and we've learned this from speaking with some of our politicians who are of uh, Christian faith, the act of Christian faith, we have to continue to follow up. We have to be persistent to fire off a letter and, alas, I have to say, a petition and petitions really are not very effective, but to fire off a letter and then just kind of leave it at that is not is not enough. The politicians are clearly saying we need to hear from you and we need to hear from you over and over again, and to be con- that we need you to be continually challenging and speaking to us around the issues. Karen, in twenty ten, uh, the leaders of the G eight nations around the world are going to meet in Canada. What kind of opportunity might this present? The leaders of the G8 nations are going to meet, indeed, as you say, uh, in Huntsville, in Ontario. And since 2005, there has been an, inter- an interfaith, well, since 2007, interfaith, in 2005, a, a Christian leaders parallel summit that meets on the eve, the day before the G8 or two days before, to challenge the G8. And so in 2010, the Interfaith Religious Leaders Summit will be actually here in, in Winnipeg. And that will be gathering faith leaders from around the globe, so representing billions and billions of people of all of the major faith traditions to speak to the issues of the day, for instance, the Millennium Development Goals, and to say to the G8 that as people of faith, we care passionately for the lives of our sisters and brothers. We know that the G8 uh, governments can and should do more and should be keeping their own promises and we call them to account and say we'll work with them as well. You use the terms Millennium Development Goals. Can you explain those for our listeners? 
I can indeed. Uh, whether I can recite all eight off the top of my head is another question. But there are eight Millennium Development Goals which were set by the United Nations. They are not perfect goals by any stretch of the imagination, but they deal with the eradication of extreme poverty, maternal health, the eradication of malaria, uh, polio, tuberculosis, uh, AIDS, HIV relief, environmental concerns, and a number of other issues. And they they were a commitment by the United Nations 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 of the United Nations uh, that to be fulfilled by 2015. They are nowhere near. Not a single goal is anywhere near being fulfilled. 2010 will be the two thirds mark, and. It is crucial that when the G8 meets in Canada that some of those Millennium Development Goals are seen to have made substantial progress or else the momentum to get to 2015 will be lost and lives will be lost. So what can Christians in Canada and congregations do between now and this G8 summit in 2010 to make our collective voices heard? Education is key. So to know what the Millennium Development Goals are, R is a great start, and you can actually phone the Canadian Council of Churches office and ask for, we have little cards that have the eight Millennium Development Goals printed on them. You can ask to have those sent to you. It's all, they're also on our website. They're also on all kinds of people's websites because they are of global concern. So education is key. Also, mobilizing public, public support for the goals and engaging politicians. Give them a few weeks uh, while they recover from the election. But after that... One of, one of the, my dreams for life for our sisters and brothers around the globe is that every politician in the country would get, say, five visits over the next year and a half before the G8 meets from members of their constituency from different faith traditions, because we're all in this together as sisters and brothers of different faith traditions who believe in justice. What if five, five people went and visited each politician in the country, took in a copy of the Millennium Development Goals and said, we expect that Canada will take a strong leadership role in fulfilling these goals. Great progress to be shown in 2010, to be fulfilled in 2015. That would make the difference of life for thousands, millions of our sisters and brothers around the globe. Karen, you said that the Canadian Council of Churches is made up of 22 member bodies. Now, one of those member bodies is Mennonite Church Canada. It is indeed. A relatively small church in the country. However... What can you say about the importance of Mennonite Church Canada's presence at the Canadian Council of Churches table? It's a harder question to answer than you think because in terms of the broad spectrum of denominations, you're actually not that small. You're kind of a middle-sized denomination in, in terms of the 22. And you're one of the newest members, not the newest, but your presence is so vital that it doesn't feel like you're one of the newest members. It feels like Mennonite Church Canada has been with us for a long time. Your historic past as a peace church is crucial in, in all times and places, but in this time and place when Canada is engaged in uh, military conflict in Afghanistan, the voice of Mennonite Church Canada has been tremendously helpful lifting up, pushing forward issues of peace and how we as Christians think of ourselves as people of peace, followers of uh, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Your, your commitment to justice, the, the Mennonite Church long-standing commitment to justice globally is also extremely important. Mennonite Church Canada, and I mean, I have to know something about all 22, so I, so I probably don't know as much as I would like to, but, but what I understand about your global on-the-ground presence is a great gift 
as we uh, struggle forward as Canadians to engage with our sisters and brothers in other places around the world. You folk are there. Thanks so much for being with us here today, Karen. It's great to have an ecumenical leader like you here with us in the studio today. It's great to be here. Our guest for today has been Reverend Dr. Karen Hamilton, General Secretary of the Canadian Council of Churches. As always, we welcome your comments on this or any of the Church Matters programs. You can send your feedback about our program to office at MennoniteChurch.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. You may also use this same contact information to learn more about how you can make your voice heard to the G8 leaders. Visit Mennonite Church Canada's Resource Centre for downloadable materials at www.mennonitechurch.ca. In the meantime, we invite prayer and financial support of Mennonite Church Canada. You can donate online, or you can send a gift to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.